we shouldn't be thinking in terms of, oh, it's raining or it's snowing or it's cold or it's warm. Okay, whatever. That's irrelevant. You've been given the gift of life. Celebrate that. If it's raining, go out and dance in the rain. If it's snowing, go snowboarding. Go have a snowball fight with your grandkids. Go do something. Live. That's Dr. Robert L. Smith, Director of Medical Staff Assistance Programs. But everyone here at Metro Health simply knows him as Dr. Bob. He's the caregiver for the caregivers, helping docs, nurses, and others on the front lines handle the stress of an already stressful job, made even more stressful by the coronavirus and everything 2020 has thrown our way. Dr. Bob's appearance on this podcast back in April remains the most listened to episode of the season. And for good reason, Dr. Bob has a way of bringing light to darkness and hope to despair. As we face an alarming third wave of COVID-19 and the holidays and a long winter ahead, we invited Dr. Bob back into the socially distant studio to provide even more salve for our stresses and fears. He started off by explaining how the emotions of caregivers have changed throughout the pandemic. It's been interesting because what we've seen is a, a, a sort of a progression. If we go back to March and April, when we first were learning about COVID, the overwhelming emotion was fear and anxiety. Fear of contracting the virus and anxiety and concern about taking it home to loved ones. We learned more about coronavirus. We had a, you know, effective masks and equipment to keep us safe. And those fears and anxieties have, have you know, gone down. Then we got into the summer. And now it was less about the illness of the COVID, but more about the sacrifices related to COVID. And people were feeling frustration and disappointment. Disappointment that they couldn't have the graduation party, that they couldn't have the picnics during the summer, that they were postponing weddings and other activities because it just wasn't safe. So that's a lot of grieving, a lot of loss. Now we progress into the fall, and now it's been months, eight months, nine months, and we don't see it ending soon. Now what we're seeing, and the National Institute of Mental Health actually has put out um, a statement of the second pandemic, COVID being the first pandemic, but mental health being the second pandemic, that people now are struggling. And with our providers, what we're seeing is a sort of low-level depression, um, not a major depression. They're still functioning. They're still coming to work. They're still doing the things they need to do, but they're sad, consistently feeling the sense of loss and disappointment, frustration. And that frustration now is also building and we're starting to see irritability. People are short-tempered. They're snappy. Um, because this is just hard. And when is it ever going to end? Gosh, I'm just tired of this. And part of what we are trying to do is to help them deal with that frustration, deal with that disappointment, um, because we do have a ways to go yet. It's, this is not gonna end soon. 
you talk to a lot of caregivers, doctors, nurses, everybody who interacts with patients and others. What are some of the things they're telling you now specifically about what they're feeling, what they're feeling when they leave, what they're feeling when they talk to friends and family, here in the media? So it's interesting. There's two sides. There's the persons who are really isolated and they're feeling lonely and discouraged, sad, and frustrated. And that's very hard for them. And that's, that includes some of our um, residents who are here with no family or friends in the community. And now it's difficult for them to form relationships with their colleagues because people are distancing and wearing masks and not getting together after work. And so now it's hard for them to make those social connections and they're feeling very isolated. And they're missing out on one of the best aspects of the experience. That's right. That's right. And they know they're missing out on it. And then on top of that, then you have the um, individuals who are married, have a family, but now their family life is completely turned upside down. Um, perhaps their significant other is unemployed or working from home. Their children are either home for school or it's a blend, or they're going to school and coming home and then there's the concern about, well, what does that cause in terms of risk? So schedules are turned upside down. Responsibilities for childcare are turned upside down. Everyone feels stretched. Those individuals are feeling the fatigue. Um, we like routine. Routine's kind of nice. You know, we get up, get ready for work, drive to work, get to work, see our friends at work, interact with them, do our job, come home. We got a routine. Now suddenly that routine is taken away and everything feels like it's off kilter and everyone's struggling. So that's one group. Then there's another group and they're seeing COVID from a completely different perspective. They're seeing time at home as positive, an opportunity to be with children, uh, particularly college-age children, perhaps whom they wouldn't normally see very often. Now they're spending a lot of time and having conversations. Uh, perhaps not having that drive to work gives them extra time at home to work out or to go for a walk, that they're actually feeling that this is allowing them a chance to step back, reflect, think about their life a little bit, maybe do some things that they have been putting on hold. And, and so, interestingly enough, you have two groups, both experiencing COVID, one feeling very, very distraught, and the other almost seeing it as an opportunity. And that's something that I keep trying to emphasize for people. Emotion follows thought. Emotions don't just come out of nowhere. They don't just emerge. They follow our thoughts and our beliefs. So let's say I'm walking down the hallway and you're behind me. And all of a sudden, you bump up against me and knock me down. If my thought is, John shoved me and pushed me down, then my emotions are frustration, irritability, anger, and that will influence how I respond to you. If, however, my thought or perception is, John must have tripped and fell, hit me and knocked me down, well, now my emotions may be concern, 
compassion, caring for you. And I may respond by saying, John, are you okay? Same set of circumstances. Two completely different emotions depending upon how I perceive the situation and how I think about it. My emotions follow my thought. So if I'm looking at COVID as horrible, terrible, it's destroyed my life, it's ruined everything, this is just so overwhelming. If those are my thoughts, then my emotions are going to follow that. And so I keep encouraging people to step back, take a look at your thoughts. Are they realistic? Are they based in reality? Or are we getting caught up in what social media is saying? Are we getting caught up in worrying about the future, which we have no control over? Or are we stepping back and very sort of thoughtfully saying, well, yeah, this is serious. I don't want to get COVID. I don't want my family to get COVID. We want to take appropriate precautions. But it's okay. Um, we can do this. We can make it through. And what are the opportunities, ways that I can make the best of this? You know, it's sort of like when the, the, the power goes out in your house, if you've got little kids. Now, that can be really scary and really frustrating. You can't watch TV. You can't use your computer. You can't do all these things. But what if instead you said, ah, hey, let's get some candles Let's get a board game. Let's play some games together. Let's laugh. Let's tell spooky stories. Let's camp out in the family room and we'll, we'll sleep on the floor, all of us together. Suddenly this, what could be a very upsetting situation, now becomes something that's fun and memorable. You're creating a, a positive memory. So I think, again, a lot of this, it's like the bumper sticker. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It says, the problem is not the problem. The problem is how I think about the problem. So right now, I looked this morning, um, and I think it was... Uh, about 77,000 people in America are in the hospital with COVID, which is the greatest number, the largest number since this started, you know, even including March. And we see the lo numbers locally and we see winter and it's real easy to get in a dark place real fast in our minds. How, how should we all think and have our emotions follow that. So again, the, the, the key will be to be creative and to challenge ourselves to do things differently. Cleveland, Ohio has a bad habit of looking at winter as, oh my God, winter's coming. This is terrible. It's going to be so cold. I'm going to have to stay inside. I don't know about this, but I don't think there's any law that says that when snow falls and it gets cold, you have to stay inside. In fact, there's a whole group of people who celebrate snowfall with skiing and snowboarding and all kinds of activities. I think one of the very first things we have to do is say, I'm not going to allow myself 
to change how I live because of COVID and the width of the climate's changing. I may have to alter how I do it, but I don't have to give up things. So there have been some people who have said, well, you know, I can't go to the gym anymore because it's just not safe, um, so I'm not working out. Well, wait a minute. We mean you're not working out. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree because I love working out. It's one of my favorite things. It's, it's really the way I deal with stress, but you know, I can't do that anymore. Yes, you can. You absolutely can work out. You just have to do it differently. <laughs> so I was going to the gym. I'm not going to the gym anymore. <clears throat> and I have what are called resistance bands. Big rubber bands. They're yeah. big rubber bands. Yeah. That's all they are. And you stand on one end, and then you can do all these stretching things. You can hook it to the wall, and you can pull on them. But there's YouTube videos that teach you how to do that in the appropriate way. I'm actually doing an hour workout every couple of days with resistance bands in my garage. I think that each of the things we say, I can't do that anymore, we need to step back and go, I can't do it the way I did before. Not that I can't do it, I just can't do it the same way. So I have four grandchildren, Carter, Lucas, Elliot, and Fiona. They're wonderful. I love them very much. But we can't get together with them right now. But that doesn't mean that I want to connect with them. So my wife and I have done, I'm an amateur magician, okay? Amateur, emphasize amateur. But for children under the age of nine, I'm really good. <laughs> so my wife and I are making videos of me doing magic tricks oh, that we then great. play for the kids. And they love it. That's a creative way of connecting. And you know what? I'm going to stop you real fast too because yeah. that's when this is all past, they're going to have such a memory of that that they wouldn't have had before. That's of, exactly of Grandpa. Right. Do they call you Grandpa? What do they call no, you? no, that's a funny story. So <laughs> the grandchildren were sleeping over at the house before COVID. <clears throat> and they call you Dr. Bob. No, 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 no. no, no. It's better than that. So... Of course, being the grandpa, I would chase them around the house and we would play. And, and so then I started doing this, uh, and I would chase them around. And they said, you're like a zombie. And so it stuck. So I'm zombie man. Wait, what? Instead of grandpa, they say zombie man. Oh, that's so, great. <laughs> so we can be in a target and they'll, they'll see something and they'll go, hey, zombie, come over here. Look at this. <laughs> and so... That became their little nickname for me. I'm zombie or zombie man. That's cool. It's great. You want to connect in a way that's creative, that's fun, and you don't want to let COVID take that away. We just can't. That's my hope. That's, that's my wish for everyone, that we not allow the COVID pandemic, or all the other stressors that are around us right now to color our, our sort of perception of life. Yes, there are all these things that need to be addressed. They're challenges. They're difficult. But that's not all there is in the world. We still have beauty and wonder. We still have the birth of a new baby. We have our children, our grandchildren. We have our loved ones. 
We have the beauty of nature. All of those things are still there. Don't allow your concern about these other pressures to consume you, and then you miss and don't get to, to cherish and enjoy the things that are so wonderful. talked about a little earlier about worrying about things you can control. Can you talk a little bit about control versus things you can't control and how we should think about things in our life that we just, as much as we want to, we can't control? So it's funny. Um, oftentimes I ask people, we'll have a group of people and I'll say, okay, so what I want you to do is I want you just to raise your hand and give me an idea of one thing that you know you can control. And people start to put their hands up and then they put them down. And then they kind of look at each other and they think about it for a minute. And then people start to say, well, I don't know that I like that word. So what do you mean? Well, control. Um, I guess I don't control my work, but, but I have a lot of influence. And I said, well, that's good. I'm glad you recognize. Oftentimes we go through life as if we control things. And when you boil it all down, bring it right down to the very nitty-gritty of what do I control? My thoughts, my feelings, my actions. That's it. We're done. We don't control the weather. We don't control our environment. We don't control what happens throughout the day. We absolutely don't control other people. Anyone who's got grandchildren or children under the age of three, tell me how much control you have. None. We have influence. We can sometimes persuade, but we don't control. The problem is when we begin to think we can control, we create an illusion an illusion of I can be safe and I can be, I can be secure because I can predict what's going to happen because I'm in control. I can make things go my way. Oh my. I'm sure all of us had plans for this past summer. Family vacations, picnics, holidays, all kinds of wonderful things. And then out of nowhere comes COVID. How'd that work for you? You know, I mean, we have to be flexible. And when we recognize that we don't control things, then we become more focused on our flexibility, our ability to adapt, to adjust, to deal with change to deal with the things we don't control. And then that's where that creativity comes into play and we begin thinking about, so what can I do, not what can't I do? So can you give me 30 seconds of, you talked about Cleveland and how we all look at winter as some great, uh, gauntlet we have to endure. Uh, how should we be approaching the next three to six months? 
I think we should approach the next three to six months the same way that we approach every three to six months, with celebration and joy. Here comes another gift, time. The greatest gift we have is that we're alive and that we have time. What do I want to do with it? What can I create? What can I accomplish? What can I give to others? How can I connect with others? We shouldn't be thinking in terms of, oh, it's raining or it's snowing or it's cold or it's warm. Okay, whatever. That's irrelevant. You've been given the gift of life. Celebrate that. If it's raining, go out and dance in the rain. If it's snowing, go snowboarding. Go have a snowball fight with your grandkids. Go do something. Live. Don't allow COVID or the weather or whatever sort of barrier seems to be in the way. You know, Metro's wonderful. You know, one of the key things that Metro does that I've always found wonderful is we have one of the best rehab facilities. And I see patients all the time who we would say they have disabilities. And they just push right beyond any limitations. They don't look at it as, oh, my life is over or I can't do things anymore. They push right through. They recover. They adapt. They adjust. And they go out and they learn after losing a leg how to ski. They run a race. They play baseball. They do things in spite of. And I think we have to take and learn from them that life is precious. Yes, there's challenges. And if you notice, I keep using that word. There's challenges. That's how I see them. I, I really try not to see them as problems or as, you know, terrible, horrible things that have happened. They're challenges. It's okay. Challenges are part of life. You know, there's a story about a wise man. And people would go to this wise man to ask him for advice and, and suggestions. So I'm going to adapt the story to, to current times. So the wise man's up on the top of a mountain, and this person who's overwhelmed by COVID decides that he's going to go to the wise man and talk with him. And so he finds a way to get to the mountain safely. He climbs the mountain, and he sits a safe distance away from the wise man. And he begins to share with him the challenges. He goes, you know, my wife lost her job due to COVID. The wise man said, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's difficult. There's really not anything I can do about that, though. Well, okay. Well, okay, but, well, my children, they can't go to school because of the COVID, and so we're doing it at home, and, you know, we had to buy computers, and we're setting it all up, and it's so disruptive, it's so hard. Uh, I really, you know, this is really difficult. The wise man listens, and he goes, yeah, that's tough. I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm sure you'll get through it, but it's, it's tough. I don't really have any, any, any advice. Man says, I don't know that you're helping me very much. Uh, he goes, you know, I'm having to work from home now. And I got the kids at home, and I've got my wife at home, and we're arguing, and I'm trying to do my job. And the wise man goes, it really does sound difficult. This is hard. I, it really is. It's hard. Um, but I don't have really anything to share with you. 
man says, what good is it to come to talk to you? I tell you all my problems, and all you tell me is, yes, that's hard. You think I'll get through it, but you have no advice for me. The wise man says, well, you know what? I, I do have one more thing I can share with you. He goes, oh, okay. He said, it's about the 84th problem. The man goes, the 84th problem? He goes, yeah. He goes, if you can come to accept and deal with the 84th problem, all the other 83 problems in your life will be okay. Ha! He goes, this is wonderful. Tell me about the 84th problem and what I have to do. He goes, well, it's very simple. The 84th problem is that you have to accept that you will always have 83 problems in your life. Again, emotion follows thought. How we think about our life determines how we feel. If we can accept that we're always going to have challenges, that that's part of life, always, it becomes much more manageable. Instead of being frustrated and upset and asking, why me? Why do I have to, to have all these problems? We say, well, of course I have problems. Problems are part of life. That's okay. I cope with them. I deal with them. There'll be more coming. That's, I'll grow. I'll develop. I'll become better at solving some problems, and that'll help prepare me for the new problems. Again, if we just can look at life as something precious and not think that it's going to be the smooth path without any challenges or issues. That's great. Thank you, uh, zombie man. <laughs> uh, you're really great thank you well, well thank you John I appreciated meeting with you today Prescription for Hope is hosted and edited by me John Campanelli it's produced entirely in-house by Metro Health's communications team typically at this point in the podcast we'd ask you to consider supporting our mission with a donation to the Metro Health Foundation. And if you're able to do that, we'd certainly welcome your generosity. But we also know 2020 is different from any other year. So for now, we just want to say thank you for listening. Please stay well, wear that mask, and have a happy, healthy holiday season. Mm-hmm.